On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I explain why I had to miss the podcast last week, what's been going on with my five-week-long cough, and I answer a question about the free daily habits that will lead me to success. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 90 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Hello, we're back. Sorry about last week. Um, If you are a regular listener, you will know that for 89 weeks in a row, despite it being later on on a Friday sometimes, I managed to get this episode or this podcast out every single episode for 89 weeks without missing one. And then last week happened. And it's not that I was busy. It's not that I didn't sit down to try and record it. A week ago today, I was literally sat in this exact spot and I tried to record the podcast. You may have seen it on my Instagram stories, actually. Tried to record the podcast and it just wouldn't happen. So let me give you a bit of background. Let me tell you what's been going on. So the cough that I have been speaking about on this podcast for weeks, which right now actually is kind of all right. So we should be able to get through this episode of No Problems, was really, really bad last week. This time last week, I couldn't work out what it was. I had literally no idea. I thought it was some sort of like reinfection from a potential flu or cold that I had caught weeks earlier, but I just didn't know. And I was coughing quite a lot, uh, particularly at night. And then I sat down to do this podcast and it was almost like in real time, the symptoms were getting worse on that Thursday evening. So sat down, was coughing a bit, but I could speak, it was fine. Uh, And then about half an hour into my many attempts of recording this episode back then, my voice, after like one or two minutes of talking, just wouldn't work. Like I was talking, but nothing was coming out. And I'm like, right, this could be quite problematic. Um, But the good news is, well, there's two bits of good news here. Number one, I know what the cough was caused by, and it's not serious. So that's good news. And number two, Uh, It seems like my voice and my cough and me are on the mend. So as you know, I've had this cough for about five weeks. Uh, And back when I first got it, it was like the end of August. Uh, I had recently been to Manchester, to Nottingham, to all of those places that I went, did a couple of nights out. So I thought that I had caught some sort of cold. Um, I did a PCR test back then to make sure that it wasn't COVID, which it wasn't. Um, And so I assumed in the first couple of weeks that I just had like a cold or the flu or something. Uh, But then it was like week three and the symptoms still didn't clear. And by the way, the symptoms were really weird because it was just a cough. There was nothing else. It wasn't like I had a fever or that I felt unwell or that I had a runny nose or anything that you'd normally associate with like a winter cold or flu. And yet the cough just wouldn't leave 
and some days it would be really bad, other days it would be kind of okay. And in amongst all of that, I had to clear my throat constantly, but none of this kind of aligned into me working out what it could be. And so we get into week four, which was, of course, last week, uh, and it just came back with a vengeance. And that's why I thought it was kind of a, like a reinfection of the infection that I had previously thought I had. Um, so I spoke to a doctor last week uh, through our health insurance, so like a telephone consultation, and um, I'm trying to think what they said because I've had so many GP appointments between now and then. Um, I think they basically said, look, I, I don't really know what it is, but you probably need to be seen in person. Uh, that was it. So they did a referral through the health insurance, which took a lifetime to come through. So didn't end up using that, but they were going to refer me to a respiratory specialist just to have a listen because it kind of was getting to that point where uh, after six weeks, I believe it is, you really ought to get a cough checked out. And so um, they did the referral, but it was taking forever to come through. So I spoke to another GP a few nights later on the Friday night, having tried to record the podcast through our uh, health insurance again. Uh, and this GP was like, look, I have no idea what this is. It could be any number of things. Um, it doesn't seem like it's anything serious, but you ought to get it checked out by an in-person doctor over the weekend. Um, now, of course, I'm in Wales right now. I don't currently have a GP here in Wales, which I got shouted at many times for um, by 111 staff and hospital staff and all sorts in the uh, the days that follow in the story. But basically, I didn't have a GP. So I phoned 111. And I said, look, I've been advised by a GP over the telephone um, with this set of symptoms to get it checked out. 111 said uh, that they weren't directly authorised to create new appointments. So the best that they could offer was a GP callback, which came through on, I believe it was the f Saturday morning at 3am. So I was kind of waiting up for this, half awake. Uh, and this GP phoned me, he had a chat and he said, look, to be honest... There's nothing we can do right now. It's probably not that serious, but also it's 3 a.m. So don't bother going into like the walk-in doctor surgery in the local hospital where this time it's just not worth it. Give 111 a call back tomorrow. Explain what we spoke about and they'll create an appointment. So did that. But again, of course, the call handlers on 111 aren't able to create appointments directly. So that led to me having to have another GP phone back so this was the fourth GP I'd spoken to by this point and he basically said okay cool I've created you an appointment walk in an hour from now and you'll be seen so that I did I walked into this hospital um, because I was displaying signs of a cough despite the PCRs I had had recently being negative they didn't want me sat in the main waiting room so I got shipped off to a baby feeding room which was of course empty and I was under strict orders to go into that room, keep the door closed and don't come out unless I'm called. And so that's what I did. Uh, and then about an hour later, in walks a doctor. Uh, and I don't know whether I got lucky with this doctor because reading online about what she thinks the cough was caused by, it seems like a really difficult thing or a really uncommon thing to diagnose. It's, it seems like people who report these symptoms have... Uh, like months and months worth of misdiagnosis which don't help before doctors generally arrive on this diagnosis and yeah this doctor she walked in she asked maybe three questions and she's like look it could be thing a which i think it is in which case there's one set of medication to take to fix it it could be thing b 
which I'm not sure whether it is or not, there's another set of medication you need to take to fix that. And she said, I could give you one set of medication, wait a few weeks and then give you the other. And that way we'd know for absolute certain what it is. Or I could just give you both sets of medication at once. You take them both because I have a funny feeling that you don't really care what it is. You just want it fixed. And I'm like, that sounds good to me. So what we arrived at, what we think it is, is something called silent reflux, which based on the checks that the doctor did, has absolutely nothing to do with my lungs or respiratory system or any of the things that I thought were broken or infected um, during that five-week cough. From what I understand, and if there are any medical professionals listening to this, you're probably screaming at your phone right now. But silent reflux, that's the short name. There's a big, long, many-syllable medical name for it that I'm not going to try and pronounce. Um, is essentially when stomach acid leaks upwards but it doesn't stop where it would normally stop to cause things like heartburn and it actually ends in a kind of aerosol form in the part of your throat where your voice box is hence last week not being able to talk Um, and the reason it's called silent reflux is because the silent is um, hinting at the fact that you don't feel any of the symptoms of reflux i.e. I don't have any uh, heartburn, any digestive discomfort, anything like that. Like, it is asymptomatic other than the cough. And of course, the reason why it often goes misdiagnosed for so long, from what I read on the internet, is because it sounds nothing like something that is caused by the stomach, right? It sounds like it's something that's caused by the lungs or the throat or whatever. Um, But based on the diagnosis of the doctor and then also reading into it things like the fact that diet makes it worse things like caffeine make it worse it's always worse at night time and first thing in the morning because you've been lying down of course when you lie down horizontally um, there is more stomach acid leakage naturally it happens to all of us every night Um, so linking all that together fairly sure that it was silent reflux Uh, so what I did is I took the kitchen sink approach to fixing this thing. Uh, Not because it caused me any real problems per se, but because it's really inconvenient coughing constantly for five weeks during a pandemic when every time you cough, somebody looks at you as if you're about to kill them. Um, And also things like meetings and video calls and phone calls and this podcast, not being able to talk, not being able to reliably finish a few sentences without having to cough for 20 seconds just not ideal so what i what i did um is through my weekend research into this i basically found uh, the foods and the types of food that either cause or aggregate sorry aggravate this issue um the things like caffeine uh, and also uh, took the medication obviously as you'd expect And so I started on Sunday and I did all of that. So I've been eating something called a bland diet, which I just thought was a descriptive term, but apparently it is a uh, medically accepted term for, well, just a very bland diet. Things like whole grain, rice and beans and leafy greens and fucking nothing that tastes very nice. Um, So I've been eating that. To be honest, because the symptoms are subsiding so much right now, I think mainly as a result of the medication. I haven't been as switched on with that diet in the last day and a half. I mean, I've literally just finished eating a Domino's because I've been in the office for 
11 hours at this point. It's been a busy day. Um, so yeah, the diet is basically out of the window, but sticking with the no caffeine for a week now, uh, apparently caffeine is something that really causes issues with um, all manner of digestive systems and other parts of your body. And so was it caffeine that caused this in the first place? Truly, I don't know. I actually haven't read into it enough. Um, and whilst the symptoms are all but gone, probably due to the tablets, I'm just going to use this period as an excuse to do a full caffeine reset now. So I am four and a half days into no caffeine. I'm going to make it to seven days just so that I've done that caffeine reset and then go back to drinking hopefully slightly less coffee, hopefully slightly less Red Bull and so on. Um, and just being a little bit healthier because if there's one thing that this whole saga taught me, and this is going to sound ridiculous to anybody listening who is older than me, and I know that quite a few people who listen to this are older, but it just reminded me that I'm aging. And in a way, it kind of made me feel old in as much as, right, bear with me here. Anytime I have been ill in the past, it has been things like a cold or a flu or neurovirus, which are things that you just kind of catch by chance, right? You can, I guess, control these things as we've learned in the past couple of years, but really, like, they, they have little bearing on your lifestyle factors. You just kind of catch them, and then a couple of days later, they're gone, right? Whereas with this, particularly in that kind of sticky period over the weekend where four GPs and a on-call doctor were trying to work out what this was, between that and all of my Googling and the, like, the cough was fucking crazy for a few days i'm talking like constant dry coughing for maybe 10 out of every 60 seconds every minute like constant day and night it was keeping me up till like 3 4 a.m because it gets worse when you lie down like i really felt quite ill and although there were no other symptoms purely just having that cough and then being inside my own head of wondering what it could possibly be just made me realize that what we do, or rather what we don't do to our bodies, has an impact, right? And that's obvious. That's the most obvious thing I've ever said in 90 episodes of this podcast. And yet it took a five week long cough. It took me speaking to five doctors. It took me being awake until three or four a.m. day after day after day, getting less and less and less sleep over a period of about a week. It took all of that for me to realize that these lifestyle factors that I always talk about because some weeks I'm eating good and going to the gym and some weeks I'm not and some weeks I'm not drinking caffeine and some I am and so on. Like these things really have an impact because at least from what I understand and again there might be a medical professional listening to this shouting at their phone but whilst you just kind of catch the flu or you just kind of catch a cold something like this is generally due to lifestyle factors, right? I have either proactively done bad things like eating the wrong foods and not exercising enough and so on uh, or avoided doing things again like exercise that have essentially led part of my body to this and I say it as if it's dramatic it's not like listen to this I haven't coughed once in the whole time I've been speaking so far like it's basically fixed um, but it just reminded me that you know not to sound morbid but with the, the set of symptoms that I had five weeks into that cough, when you Google that, 
like you suddenly start reading really fucking scary things and i know that it's the whole thing of don't google your symptoms because you're always going to be dying but it just made me realize that you know the <laughs> there isn't a uh there isn't a practice lap here and whilst i'm sure that my fairly healthy reasonably sensible life isn't going to throw me down any massive hole um years and years and years of compounding not very good habits like eating shit food like drinking the amount of red bull i drink like working the hours i sometimes work like not getting the amount of exercise i sometimes don't get does have an impact and will have an impact and so that all came together nicely as i was thinking about what to talk about in this episode because as i record this right now today is thursday of course you'll probably listen to this friday or over the weekend but Today is the 100 day mark until 2022. We're only 100 days away from the end of this year. And so if ever I needed a nice little reminder paired with a nice little milestone for me to just be a little bit healthier, to look after myself a little bit more, I think there's this and I think there's now. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Just going to the gym a bit more actually going on the walks or runs I say I'm going to do not going straight back to eating shit food once I'm done with this horrible bland diet definitely not drinking the amount of crazily high sugar content crazily high caffeine content drinks that I do constantly right because I always talk about the caffeine rule I don't drink caffeine after 3 p.m that's all well and good but the amount of caffeine I do drink before 3 p.m probably played into this for the last five weeks right Because as well as just taking the medication, like not having caffeine in the last five days has probably helped fix this. And don't get me wrong, it's been horrible. Like caffeine withdrawal, for want of a better word, like going cold turkey from, you know, four or five caffeinated drinks a day to zero. Like the symptoms are really quite profound. If anything, they're worse than this whole bloody five week thing, which just shows how dependent our bodies can become on these things. Um... And I always say, I said this on the podcast of Peter a few weeks ago that caffeine is the highest ROI drug ever in as much as the negatives are basically zero. But still, I think it's worth keeping an eye on these things. So there we go. 100 days till the end of the year based on my little, very minor health scare and my missed podcast episode, which I'm very bitter about. Um, yeah, we're going to do things a little bit differently. So there we go. I will let you know how I get on. And then you'll remember, if you follow me on Instagram, that I asked for some questions this time last week because I didn't know what I was going to talk about. Um, So I thought I would ask some questions and give myself a really easy episode last week. Uh, I didn't get to answer them for obvious reasons, as we just explained for 15 minutes. So I'm going to try and answer a few now. Um, Apologies about my voice, by the way. I can feel it going slightly. Haven't coughed yet, but my voice is going slightly. Uh, but yeah, I'm just going to pull up my phone and answer a couple of these questions that came in from last week because a few of them uh, stood out and were nice. So Will, Will from China on Instagram, great guy, go and follow him if you don't, asked, what are free daily habits you practice that you believe have led you to success? Now, I think I'd caveat this by saying that in my eyes, I'm definitely not at success, right? I think I'm on a good path. 
I think with enough years and enough time and enough effort and so on, like I'm probably going to end up somewhere that I'm happy with. Not to say that I'm unhappy right now, but I just wouldn't quite uh, define this as success. But I'm going to spin that question slightly with that in mind uh, and answer it with what are three things that I think will eventually take me to success if nothing else. Um, And I think the first one has to be sleep, right? Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker is a book I always talk about. I apologise, you probably heard me mention it on here like 10 or 15 times if you've been listening for a while. But reading that book made me realise just how much we as humans rely on sleep, how important it is for our productivity, for our focus, for our health, for our uh, long-term prospects in basically everything. And I notice a real difference in the weeks when I'm getting enough sleep and in the weeks when I'm not. Even on the days the night before when I've had enough sleep and the nights before when I haven't. And this week to one side, because I'm doing this caffeine reset, which means that I just feel fucking awful constantly. Um, I think that something that is really important is knowing that when you turn up to the office or you turn up to uni or school or whatever it is you're doing right now, knowing that in the time that you have in the place where you are to work, you can give it your all. You can just absolutely go at it, uh, whether it's for four hours, for eight hours, for 12 hours, whatever works for you, whatever the context of your day is, knowing that the time that you spend there is going to be worthwhile so that you're not chasing your tail, so that you are moving in the right direction and so that you just feel good, right? We all like to have a good day where we finish and we're happy and we feel like we've gave it our all. Uh, If I look back at the last five or six years of business, I think the biggest factor, and this might be because I don't drink, so I don't have hangovers, but for me, the biggest factor between those good days and weeks and months and the bad ones is sleep. When I'm getting enough sleep, I am on, I'm focused, I get done what I need to get done, and when I don't, I don't. And so that would definitely be number one. I think number two, uh, and I say this to myself more than anybody else because I have been shit at reading recently, is just reading books. In the first two or so years of actually reading books outside of school, I probably got through, I don't know, 40 or 50 books, all nonfiction, but I learned so much from those books. Like I can't even describe to you how much the words in those few thousand pages changed my life. And even the thoughts that are now in my mind from those books, the ideas, the concepts, the connections between the books that my mind makes as our minds do, like they have taught me so much and they will continue to teach me so much. Um, And I think that mindset is a really important thing in no matter what you're doing, because it's all well and good having the best intention, spending the most time planning, being the hardest worker. But if the the base of knowledge that you have that underpins all of that is lacking or is wrong, I think that everything else you do will be flawed from the get-go. So I think that having the right knowledge and having this kind of T-shaped knowledge, because of course, you know, I work in marketing. I like to think that my knowledge of marketing and psychology and business growth is fairly deep but from the books I've read I also have like a really um, expansive shallow knowledge and all these other things which seem not that useful at the time when you learn it it's it's all the it's kind of like um, just in time learning which is having to learn like a new platform when it changes 
um, immediately, right? And then just in case learning. And lots of what I've learned from books is just in case learning. It's this stuff which doesn't seem immediately useful or obvious when I learn it. But sometimes weeks, sometimes months, sometimes even years later, a little 10 or 12 words from a book that seemed insignificant comes out in a meeting or connects to a concept that I've just learned or is the answer to a question that I didn't know was going to be thrown at me. Um, And just the kind of level of development that you can do behind closed doors on your own, basically for free from books, is something that has so far taken me very far relative to where I would have been without it. And so I think that I really need to get back on the reading horse um, and just dive in. Because I think the problem is when you have a couple of shit books back to back that you try and read and you're just not feeling it, it's very easy to think, oh, what's the point of buying another book? But I think I just need to be a bit more selective about the books that I begin reading and also be a bit more ruthless about when I stop reading books. Um, And as such, yeah, just get on with more reading. And what is a third habit? I think the third habit would have to be planning and I think I spoke about this recently in an episode but planning is something that I used to give no attention to you know in the early days of this business Richard who is very uh, plan heavy and detail orientated would phone me this was like pre-office days he'd phone me when I was back in Corby and he'd be like let's jump on a call to plan xyz thing to plan what we're going to do with this to plan this week to plan this project And through nothing but, I guess, naivety and immaturity, my answer would always be like, what's the point in planning it? Why don't we just do it? Like, why are we going to spend three hours on a call talking about something rather than doing it? But the further I got into not just business, not just work, but life more generally, the more I realized that, and I don't think this is an exaggeration, but you probably save an hour of your life for every minute you plan. So if you spend... 10 minutes at the beginning of the week planning out your week understanding what you need to get done each day creating a list of the priorities so that you know you're focusing on the right things and also that just those things in your private life are being taken care of I reckon in the average week compared to somebody with no plan whatsoever you're probably saving literally like 10 hours from 10 minutes and so again with this as the other habits kind of extrapolating out over years of life I think that just continuing to have a really high attention to detail when it comes to how I plan my life how I plan the business my voice is going can you tell Um, I think that that will make big difference um, as to where I eventually end up and you know what I'm going to leave it there just to avoid my voice going altogether. Um, There are a couple of other questions which I will come back and answer probably next week. There are a couple of really good ones in there that I don't want to miss. So I'm going to make a note now, speaking of planning, to make sure that I do come back to them. Um, But to stop this episode dragging on too long and also to stop my voice going and then, you know, losing my voice halfway through a thread where it's really difficult to then tie up the episode. I'm just going to tie it up now. Um, Look, Thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening to this one. I apologize if you opened your podcast app last week and there wasn't anything there. I hope that my long explanation of what's been going on helps to um, 
bridge that gap in your mind so you understand why that episode just couldn't exist. But all being well, if I continue on this path of getting better, coughing less, having more of a voice, um, we should be all good next week. So here's to hoping. Thank you as always for listening. Hope you have a good week and I will see you back here this time next week for episode number 91 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 